Good morning, and welcome to our Sunday morning chapel service for Sunnyview Manor. Today is February 6th, 2022, uh, and as we continue to have our services pre-recorded, uh, this morning uh, I will be bringing all the elements uh, as best I can of what we normally would have done during a chapel service in person. Uh, so there will be scripture readings and prayers, as well as a brief message uh, additionally, today is the first Sunday of the month, and as is our tradition, uh, part of our chapel service ritual here at Sunnyview is we take communion together. Uh, some of you may have been aware that over the course of the week leading up to today, uh, communion elements were made available at the front desk. Uh, if you do not have those with you at this time, don't worry. Uh, they are still there, and so after the service is over or sometime later today, if you have uh, time, you can make your way to the front desk and extra communion supplies will be made available to you. Uh, so I'm excited for the opportunity to share and worship together with you as we read scripture, pray, uh, and engage the scriptures together. Uh, as a member of our leadership team and a, a staff member myself, I just continue to encourage you uh, as residents and staff to follow our protocols and rules and uh, do your best to help keep our community healthy and safe, and together hopefully we will be swiftly on our way out of this wave that we've experienced of the COVID pandemic. I want to begin this morning with our Old Testament scripture reading, which comes from the prophetic book of Isaiah, chapter 6, verses 1 through 13. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him, each had six wings, with two they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the thresholds shook at the voices of those who called and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me! I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips... Your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go and say to this people, Keep listening, but do not comprehend. Keep looking, but do not understand. Make the mind of this people dull and stop their eyes and shut their eyes so that they may not look with their eyes and listen with their ears and comprehend with their minds and turn and be healed. Then I said, How long, O Lord? And he said, Until cities lie waste without inhabitant and houses without people and the land is utterly desolate until the Lord sends everyone far away and vast is the emptiness in the midst of the land. Even if a tenth part remain in it, it will be burned again like a terebinth or an oak, whose stump remains standing when it is felled. The holy seed is its stump. 
Our psalm reading for today from the lectionary comes from Psalm 138. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted your name and your word above everything. On the day I called, you answered me. You increased my strength of soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth. They shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he perceives from far away. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve me against the wrath of my enemies. You stretch out your hand, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Our New Testament reading comes from the letter of 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaimed to you, which you in turn received, in which you also stand, through which also you are being saved, if you hold firmly to the message that I proclaimed to you, unless you have come to believe in vain. For I handed on to you as of first importance what I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than five hundred brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace toward me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we proclaim, and so you have come to believe. Our Gospel reading for today comes from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats, so that they began to sink. 
But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As I begin the message this morning, I just want to say that I am praying for all of you and that there are members of our chaplain care team uh, who are praying for all of you as well. There's information posted on the bulletin board just outside my office door regarding how you can communicate your prayer requests uh, to our team. Uh, There's a group gathering on Sunday afternoons and there's a phone number you can call if you would like to call in and share a prayer request. Uh, Just so that you're aware, all prayer requests that are shared there or in the prayer request boxes around our community are completely confidential. That information will not be shared in any way. Um, But that's an opportunity for you if you would like uh, to receive prayer. So again, that information is on the bulletin board uh, just outside the chaplain office. Additionally, the directors and leadership have a plan for beginning to open up smaller activities. And I join you in praying that we will continue to see fewer and fewer uh, cases of COVID so that we can begin again to share in all those things that we love and enjoy uh, as community here at Sunnyview. The gospel text from the lectionary for today came from Luke chapter 5, and this is an intriguing story about one of Simon, or also known as Peter, uh, one of his first interactions with Jesus. What I want to do today is fill in a bit of the background and context, and then ask a key question that this text raises for you and for me. First of all, as we read, uh, I found it a bit comical and strange that Jesus invited Simon and his co-workers to return to the water and let down their nets again for another attempt at catching fish. Simon makes it clear that they had been at it all night long and caught nothing. And in a way, you can kind of hear Simon's reluctance when he responds to Jesus. He said, Master, we've worked all night long but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When I read this, I hear a tone of reluctance and frustration in Peter's voice. Some of you may have noticed that Luke shared how the fishermen were cleaning their nets. Right? I said that as I read the story. This task is very important because in order to catch fish with the net method, you want to have all your tools in good working order uh, in order to give yourself the best chance at catching fish. And I imagine that if they're working on this task, they are tired and ready for rest, especially after a very long and fruitless night where they caught no fish. In a way, it's comical that Jesus would say, try again, because he isn't a fisherman. His father wasn't a fisherman. He was trained in carpentry and construction, a very different trade than fishing. So all of this combines to offer us a story with a mixture of comedy, irony, strangeness, and it turns out, a very deep spiritual question. 
One thing that Simon's words reveal is his heart. In another passage, Jesus teaches that it is out of the overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks. So what is in our hearts, how our hearts are shaped and formed, will shape and form how we speak to others. Simon's reluctance reveals his impatience, his resistance to Jesus' invitation, and to some degree, his hardness of heart. That right there is where we find our spiritual invitation in the story. How Simon interacts with Jesus reveals what I like to call a soul diagnostic question. And that question is this, how soft is your heart? Now some of you might be thinking, well, what do you mean by softness of heart, Sam? Well, if a heart can be soft, it can also be hard, and I like to think of softness and hardness of heart on a spectrum. The softer our heart, the more open and receptive it is to the voice of God, to the presence of others, and to the practice of vulnerability and transparency ourselves. The harder our heart, the more closed and reluctant and defensive we may be. So when we ask ourselves, how soft is my heart? We're assessing our openness to God, our openness to each other, and even our openness to our own selves. We're assessing how receptive we are to what God may invite us to do, or how receptive we are to other people, or how we show ourselves love and embrace who we are. On the flip side, We can have hard hearts. We can be closed off to God. We can be closed off to others. We can be closed off even to ourselves. We can be guarded and defensive. And I think that Simon was wrestling with this as he interacted with Jesus. But in the end, Simon leans toward softness of heart by taking a simple action. He moves in the direction of Jesus' invitation. And when he does... He sees a miracle. I do believe that what happens when Simon and his co-workers put down the nets again is a miracle. It's likely not a regular occurrence to catch so many fish that your nets are strained to their limit and your boats begin to sink. That's what Luke says begins to happen in this story. Simon had to call another boat over and the boats were so heavily laden with fish that they began to sink. Now we need to pay attention to what Simon does following this miraculous catch. He feels shame. You can hear it in his words. He says, go away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. Some people read those lines or those words and they think that Simon's repentant or or is confessing his wrongdoing in a way. But there's a difference between repentance and shame. Simon acknowledges that he didn't believe or trust that Jesus could perform this miracle, but he tries to push Jesus away. That is shame talking. Shame is one of our worst and most deadly enemies. Shame leads Simon to want to hide and get away from Jesus. But what does Jesus do? Jesus doesn't jump out of the boat to get away from Simon and swim to the shore. Jesus doesn't run away and leave Simon to sit in his shame. Jesus doesn't wag a big finger at Simon and say, you should feel ashamed 
You were wrong to doubt me. Jesus doesn't do any of that. Jesus says, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they got back to the shore, Simon and some of his fellow fishermen leave everything behind to begin following Jesus as his disciples. Through this powerful encounter and miracle, Simon has gained a softer heart. He's certainly not perfect. He certainly has more distance to cover on the spiritual journey. Simon's not a finished product at this point, doesn't have flawless faith, but in Jesus' gracious and patient and loving interaction with Simon, Simon has found himself softer and more receptive than he was before. That is the heart of the matter. That's the main idea I'm trying to get at. God invites you and me to have soft hearts. We are invited each and every day to be open to the voice of God in our lives. God is speaking to you just as Jesus spoke to Simon. God is speaking to you right now and offering offering you invitations. God is speaking to you and to me and the question is, are we listening? Are our hearts soft? Are we open to receiving God as our guest? as we seek to grow on the spiritual journey. A good follow-up question to all of this is, what difference does this make? How does a soft heart change things? Brothers and sisters, a soft heart changes a lot. There is still evil in the world. There is still bitterness and sin and injustice and sadness and grief and loss. But when we walk through life, and we work all night with no fish to show for it, when we feel the sting of loneliness and sorrow and isolation in a global pandemic, when we miss our friends and say goodbye to our loved ones as they pass away, when we feel the weight of our hearing loss, our sight loss, our memory loss, our our mobility loss, if our hearts are soft, we continue to hear Jesus whispering, inviting, and sending us words of encouragement and purpose and hope, the softer the heart, the greater the miracles we will see. The softer the heart, the greater the comfort we can receive from the Trinity. The softer our hearts, the greater our lives can be a blessing to others. The softer our hearts, the greater the benefits of peace and joy we will receive on the journey of faith. Brothers and sisters, spend time in prayer this week. Ask God for a soft heart. Ask God for a receptive and open spirit. Ask God to speak to you and make time to listen to God. Be encouraged. Rest in the truth that God loves you, is with you, and even now has special invitations for just you. Amen? Amen. Now I would like to uh, instruct you on the taking of our communion elements. As I mentioned at the beginning, our small communion uh, cup and wafer are available for you at the front desk. Some of you may have already picked them up and you can take them with us as I officiate that now. Uh, If you do not have those with you, don't worry. You can go stop by the front desk 
uh, later today or sometime this week and pick up your own uh, sample of the communion supper elements. As we do every time we take communion, it's important to remember why we do it. We celebrate communion because when Jesus sat around a table to celebrate the Passover with his disciples, he took bread and broke it, giving thanks. He took a cup and gave thanks, and he explained that this meal, which had represented freedom from slavery for the Jewish people since the story of Exodus, it was now becoming an even bigger story that would include all peoples from all around the world being set free from sin and given an opportunity for eternal life. And so when we take communion, we remember that first supper that Jesus celebrated with his disciples. We remember the words that he shared with them, and we recognize that this is a gift. This meal reminds us regularly of the grace and love and power of God for you, for me, and for the whole world. And so if you have your elements with you, I'm going to walk you through uh, the taking of them. And before we do that, I would like to offer a brief prayer of thanks. Let us pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for communion and everything that it represents. We pray your blessing upon this bread and this cup as we partake in this meal that you shared first with your disciples nearly 2,000 years ago. We pray that it would be a blessing to us today, empowering our spirits, our hearts, our minds, and our bodies for service in your kingdom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. When Jesus celebrated the Passover with his disciples, he took bread, he broke it, he gave thanks, and he said, This bread represents my body, broken for you. Whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Let us take the bread together. In the same way, Jesus took a cup, and he said, This cup represents my blood, shed for you and shed for the sins of the whole world, a new covenant between God and humanity. And he gave thanks. Let us take the cup together. Now I invite you to join me in the proclamation of our confession of faith, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. The third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. And now I invite you to join me in praying the Lord's Prayer together. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. And now in closing, I'd like to offer a benediction and a blessing upon you for your week. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Go in peace and know that God is with you each and every day.